Welcome to the Salt Church Podcast. We're a church that meets in the heart of Wollongong. Come and visit us on Sundays, 10am and 5pm at 275 Kira Street. We'd love to meet you. G'day everyone, great to see you tonight. Great to be here in person, but welcome if you're still tuning in with us online. So, um... Welcome if you're new as well. Uh, Great to have you along. Look forward to meeting with you. Um, Let's pray together uh, as we get into God's Word tonight in Romans chapter 12. Father God, we're we're so thankful that we can gather together as your people. Uh, So uh, thankful that we can gather physically. Uh, Lord, please uh, grow us, uh, challenge us, uh, help us to listen to your Word tonight. Uh, Lord, give us hearts that are open and willing uh, to obey and respond in a way that pleases you. And we pray it for Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, here's a question for you. What makes the world go round? You know the answer, yeah? Elon Musk says money makes the world go round, but we know the answer is love. We're talking about love tonight, and uh, love is so critical, is it not, to... If you're human, everyone wants to be loved. Uh, Everyone needs love, everyone pursues love. And isn't it really, really beautiful when you see love in action? When you see someone or something and you go, that is love, Uh, that is is awesome. I reckon um, you see it with some clarity, although it's a little bit idealistic, uh, perhaps a little romantic, uh, at a wedding. I mean, who doesn't want to go to a wedding? Uh, we drop everything to go to weddings because there at the wedding you see two people uh, committing themselves together for the rest of their lives, uh, giving themselves to one another. Uh, there is the promise, at least, of love, to love and to hold, to cherish for a lifetime. And it's why love really hurts as well, right? So love, when love goes wrong, uh, it's devastating when it fails, it's shattering Uh, when uh, it's violated, it's soul-destroying, it's painful when it's broken. Now, all of this you don't need to be Christian to realise, right? As we just said earlier, think of all the songs that relate to love. Uh, Tom even mentioned it's kind of hard to work out which ones aren't. There's so many uh, that are written about the joy and the pain of love. Here's here's the top ten I found. Someone said these are the top ten. It's actually the ones that have love in their title. Now, um, see if you can shout out to the one that you really like. Here's the first one, Lady Gaga, Stupid Love. No one. No response. Um, All You Need Is Love, The Beatles. You guys are not old enough, but you still love it. Yeah. Um, can't Help Falling In Love, Elvis Presley. No one wants to admit it. Um, I Love Me, Demi Lovato. Yeah. Uh, The Only Way to Love, Vanessa Carlton. I don't know her. Um, I Want to Know What Love Is, Foreigner. That's been covered for decades. Uh, Love Yourself, Justin Bieber. That's the one that you all love and you're not allowed to admit it, right? Um, I Will Always Love You, Whitney Houston. There's a favourite of mine. I've got to admit, I've got a bit of a soft spot for strong female voices. Um... And really interesting story, isn't it, about Whitney Houston's tragic story. There is a woman, beautiful woman, sings about love, 
uh, and yet it seems never found love. Uh, Tragic. Uh, Number nine, nobody's love, Maroon 5. And the last one is Drunk in Love by Beyonce. Few cheers. Very good. So love, love is a big deal. You don't have to be Christian to work it out. Love is a big deal, but it is a really, really big deal if you're a Christian. It really matters if you're a Christian. Uh, it's really important to God. Uh, if you follow Jesus, it's really important to Jesus and it should be really important to you. So we're going to look at Romans chapter 12 and we're coming into verses 9 to 11. So again, three um, short little passage, three verses tonight uh, we're going to have a look at. But before we go to the details, I have Romans 12 in front of you. Um, let me just talk briefly about the big picture of love in the Bible. Because I want you to, I just want us to be reminded again of how massive love is to God, how massive it is to the Christian life. Um, you'll see some uh, verses that come up. But, you know, you think about the Christian life, it feels complicated, it feels big, lots of parts to it, but really it comes down to love. Um, what did Jesus say? All of the Old Testament, think of all the Old Testament, all of the law, how do you sum it all up? Love God with all your heart, soul and mind. Love your neighbour as yourself. That's what it means uh, to follow Jesus and to, and to love God. And what did Jesus say? Love your enemies. That, that's what will mark you out to be different. And it's so, love is so fundamental uh, because 1 John 3 and 4, that passage we, we had read out in the chapter before, says the God that you love is love. So it's not even just that God is loving, he does loving things and it's so impressive the love that he gives. No, no, he is love. He's the very definition of love. Everything he does, all that he is, is love. And you are called to love like him. That's what 1 John 4 said, didn't it? And, and God shows us what love is, he says here's what love is, look at my son Jesus. And it's just not just the compassion that Jesus had throughout his ministry, it's that he gave up his life for us, for sins. Uh, it's, it's a million miles away, isn't it, from feelings, from self-centeredness, from Hollywood romance. It's actually an action. It's actually about someone else. It's a verb. It's a doing thing. It's so much more than being nice to someone Jesus died for us. That's what love looks like. 1 John 4.10. This is love. Not that we love God. That's not how you'll see love. But that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. In fact, read through 1 John 4 and it's incredibly sobering because John says, if you don't love your brothers and sisters... If you don't get this, you might not know God. In fact, you don't know God because God is love. Love is indispensable to being Christian. It's actually, uh, there's love across the whole world, but it's the distinguishing mark of the Christian. Remember what Jesus said? By your love for one another, they will know that you are my disciples. How will the church grow? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 it, it grows as we speak the truth in love to one another. And 1 Corinthians 13, that, the last reference on the screen there, massive passage about love, comes straight after the gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Interesting that tonight, we, as we look at Romans 12, we've just talked about gifts and then we're coming into a section about love. 
also mirrored in 13 and chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, Paul says to the Corinthian church, you're clamouring for the greatest gifts, you're looking for showy gifts, you want to be spectacular, you want to be seen, you're way too focused on um, the rock star apostles, all those kind of problems, you should be focused on love. Here are the gifts, here are the gifts that build up, but work towards the ones that will love other people. Aspire to love. Um, there's, there's faith, hope and love, but what will last into eternity? Love. And he says, you know, I don't care how gifted you are, you are nothing if you do not have love. It's massive. Uh, there's nothing bigger than love, nothing more important than love. It's huge. So we come to Romans chapter 12, with all that in our heads, and it's no surprise that when you get to Romans chapter 12, what is the life of living, a living sacrifice offered to God, the transformed life, what is that going to look like? It's going to be a life of love. I think it's been in the backdrop of the first half of this chapter, but we're actually coming into uh, a section where it really gets quite practical about how to live, uh, and it's going to centre on love. Love is going to be who you are. You're going to be people who ooze love, who love other people. Uh, Love is going to be who you are. So have a look at it with me. Verse 9, Paul starts, Love must be sincere. Uh, So right off the bat, Paul says, you cannot fake it. You cannot fake real love. If it's not genuine, it's actually not love. Uh, Let your love be real. Uh, There's something I reckon that Jesus and the average Aussie has in common at this point. Um, they both hate hypocrites, yeah? I'm sure that you hate hypocrites as well. Um, the person who kind of is showy in emotion and feeling, uh, but doesn't really mean it, doesn't really love. Um, Paul's saying here, don't play act. Uh, don't put on a mask. You know the kind of mask I'm talking about. Um, be real, be vulnerable. It actually takes uh, courage, doesn't it, uh, to be genuine. To open yourself up to another person takes effort, you need to consider it. It actually takes time. It's actually quite costly. It actually means you'll be vulnerable to other people. But look at what follows, uh, still in verse 9. Here's how to love. Hate what is evil. It's literally, let your love be genuine, hating what is evil. How will your love be genuine? Well, hate what is evil have the same passion towards evil that God has. Uh, I think that's part of God renewing our minds. If you remember back to verse uh, 1 and 2, as God renews our minds, uh, our wills, our hearts, our our passions, the things that we love and hate, will be shaped uh, to the things that God loves and hates. And so here, hate what is evil. There is something as a Christian you are to hate. It's evil. In fact, it's literally... Hate exceedingly. Uh, Hate sin with a passion. Hating evil, clinging to what is good. Think about the world for a moment. Think about our culture. It's actually the opposite of our culture, isn't it? Isaiah chapter 5 is a a fascinating chapter. In in Isaiah chapter 5, it says that there will come a time when people will call evil good and good evil. 
the very opposite of what God has said. They will love sin and they will hate what is good, what God loves. Uh, But you need to be the opposite. You need to be the people that love the good, cling to the good and hate evil. Now, I don't know how you go with hating evil, but here's what I reckon our problem is. We do hate evil, but we don't hate all evil. Uh, I reckon we hate the sin, the evil, that kind of pushes our buttons. Um, We hate the things, the sin, the evil that has damaged us or others, uh, but we don't hate all evil. So let me um, put it perhaps in political terms. If, um, if you're kind of on the left of politics, uh, if that's where you are in terms of your convictions, um, your concern for poverty, you, you hate injustice, uh, you, you despise racism, uh, you don't like corporate greed, uh, you don't like violence, you despise when governments are deceptive, particularly when it comes to war, uh, you, you really detest the way refugees are treated. Um, and so, yeah, you, you hate evil. And that is, that is a good thing. But there's actually more evil to hate. Uh, if you consider yourself on the right of politics, if you think, I'm really passionate about um, abortion, I hate abortion, um, divorce, you hate the way that marriage has been redefined and families been reshaped or redefined. Uh, that that you know, homosexual couples get to adopt children, or you know, a euthanasia bill is looking like it's going to get up in New South Wales. And you go, yeah, that's right. You should. That is hating evil, but it's not hating all evil. And I, it's actually good to think about that, isn't it? We need to hate all evil, all sin like God does, not just the sin that uh, pushes our buttons, not just the sin that's attached to the causes that we are attached to. Because the danger is, as we sit on our sides, we actually let a truckload of sin go down the middle (laughs) that is actually attached to us. Um, There was a guy, I don't know whether you've read a book uh, by Jerry Bridges called Respectable Sins, fantastic book. Uh, he just talks about these kind of, yeah, respectable sins, sins that, that you would think we, we just let them go because we're passionate about some other sins, some other evil. So sins like discontentment, uh, grumbling, pride, unthankfulness, uh, self-righteousness or, or lack of self-control, holding grudges, gossip, envy, bitterness... Uh, having a judgmental or critical spirit, rivalry, uh, being controlling or manipulative, uh, being sarcastic. We actually need, we don't hate those enough and we need to hate those. And so see what Paul's saying, let your love be genuine and hate what is evil. Hate sin with a passion. We'll come on to the next phrase, clinging to what is good. Uh, the word cling there is actually the word unite. It's actually the same word used uh, for husband and wife uniting in marriage to become one flesh in the scriptures. Uh, also the same word that's used for us being united to God or united in Christ, you know, such a close bond. Um, so you, you pick up that idea. 
unite yourself, hold fast to, stick to the good as defined by God. Join yourself um, to the good uh, as defined by God. Hold on to it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, what is, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Go there. Sit yourself there. Be there. Cling to what is good because genuine love clings to what is good. As you think about those two things, clinging to what is good, hating what is evil, it actually raises something really important that our culture doesn't get. And that, that is, it's not, as we're talking about genuine love, it's not genuine love when you're doing something God says is evil. Uh, even if it's popular, even if it's accepted, even if it feels good, here's the part of the Bible that says actually that's not love. That's not genuine love. Well, come with me to verse 10. Uh, Be devoted to one another in love, honour one another above yourselves. Uh, there's a few places in the Bible where we're told to devote ourselves. Uh, so we're told to devote ourselves to prayer, uh, devote ourselves to the Scriptures. If you're married, devote yourself to your spouse. Here it is, actually, all of us be devoted to one another. Uh, give yourselves to your brothers and sisters. Actually, picking up on uh, the love of a family, which is the church, the, the brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, I know as we pick up that idea of family, that's not always a helpful illustration for us all. If you've had um, not great model there or great experience with family, but at least we all know what we would have liked in family life. Uh, and here's that picture of church as brothers and sisters, a family of God, and he's saying, be devoted to one another, honour one another. Actually, defer to one another. Let, let your brother, let your sister go first. Um, think well of, speak well of your brothers and sisters. Think more highly of your brothers and sisters than yourself. Consider others better than yourself. Uh, do what's best for them, not what's best for you. Work out how you can love and serve your brothers and sisters. Um, consider how you can help your brother or sister love and serve Jesus more. It's the idea of Philippians 2, where, Jesus, where, where Paul says, have the same mindset as Jesus. He, what happened? He gave himself up. He humbled himself and gave himself, even to the point of death on a cross. There's the model. Be like Jesus. Devote yourself to others. Honour one another. Look out for one another. Don't give up on one another. Uh, even in a pandemic, even in a lockdown, even when you've been disappointed, when you've poured yourself out to others, don't give up. Be devoted. Even after you've been hurt. Devote yourself to one another. And there, there is another thing that's so opposite to our culture, is it not? Our culture can be dog-eat-dog, survival of the fittest, every person for themselves... I reckon our culture talks about asserting yourself, uh, projecting yourself, even dominating uh, other people. Uh, our culture is good at dishonouring people, uh, dishonouring women, dishonouring men. And here is God saying, 
Genuine love means honouring others above yourself, devoting yourself for others. Well, last verse there, verse 11... Here we go. (laughs) Come back to verse 11. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Uh, Awesome verse. It's literally, in your zeal, don't be lazy. Uh, And then, be set on fire by the Holy Spirit. So in your zeal, don't be lazy, but be set on fire by the Holy Spirit. And so let me, let me ask you tonight, how's your zeal? How's your passion for Jesus? How would you rate yourself when you think about, are you passionate about what Jesus is passionate about? Are you passionate about what he loves and his mission? Uh, how do you reckon you're going with that? If you were to put yourself on a scale from zero to ten, so ten is red hot, zero is, is dead. Um, think about this year, perhaps 2021, difficult year how's your zeal give yourself a number let me give you a few seconds to think of, think of a number you don't need to tell anyone um, changing analogy slightly if your zeal was a car are you in top gear going down the highway or are you down in the gears in, in second gear first gear maybe you're in neutral maybe you're in reverse uh, we're all a different place But do this self-assessment as well. Uh, Here's another scale. Here's another question. Are you spiritually lazy? Uh, The scale's slightly different now. If you're 10, that's really bad. (laughs) Um, Zero is good. Um, Really good to ask yourself, when it comes to passion, to zeal for Jesus, have I I been lazy? Um, Sometimes I reckon we think we're spiritual, we're, we're zealous for God, we're passionate for Jesus... But actually, the reality is much further back. We're actually kind of living in a bit of a fantasy land. Um, And we kind of resist setting milestones or goals for our prayer life or Bible reading or or gathering, uh, you know, with brothers and sisters, small group or or church or wherever it is. um, Because we don't don't want to be legalistic. But it can actually be quite helpful to work out, am I as zealous? Am I as passionate? Um, or have I just accepted that I, I'm, just going to, I'm just going to coast? I'm just going to be a pretty mediocre kind of Christian. I'm going to spiritually drift. I'm not going to really love God with too much passion. I'm not going to really love other people with too much passion. In fact, I'm not going to really consider it very much. And when you think about it that way, imagine treating a friend like that. Imagine treating your spouse like that. Imagine saying, oh, as we head into 2022, just want to let you know, um, I'm just going to coast with this friendship. (laughs) Is that okay? Uh, It kind of doesn't work, does it? God deserves honour and glory. God deserves our passion. Um, I think we need to to put disciplines in place. We worry about legalism, but it doesn't need to be legalistic. Uh, Be be zealous, it says. Um, Keep your spiritual fervour. Be set on fire. By the Holy Spirit. And a few things to get right here. Paul's, he's, notice, I want you to know, he's not talking about personalities. It's not like if you're introverted, you're quiet, you've got to become an extrovert. You know how some people, some people are just passionate about lots of things, excited about lots of things, and that's not necessarily a good thing. Um, anyone can be excited, 
He's talking about your heart. Is your heart and your passion for Jesus? Do you love the things that Jesus loves? Do you hate the things that Jesus hates? Is it based on knowledge? Or is it just zeal that's out there uh, with no direction? That's actually not focused on the real Jesus, the God that's revealed himself in the scriptures. And notice also that this zeal and this spiritual fervour has a goal. Have a look at the, the last phrase, the end of that verse in verse 11. Serving the Lord. Not serving you, not making you look fantastic, not kind of entering into this kind of self-centred worship. No, no, it's actually lands. How do you know whether you're passionate and your fervour is in the right direction? Well, you're actually serving the Lord. You're actually useful to God. Well, last, last question. Um, how would you know, sorry, how would, what would affect your zeal? Um, what would make you less zealous for Jesus? What are the things that affect your zeal for Jesus? Well, here's, here's some things I come up with. Um, I reckon poor physical or mental health can affect your zeal as you, as you struggle with that. Um, if we complain a lot, that will affect our zeal for God. Uh, if, you're, if you're always talking up your struggles and minimising God's kindness to you, that will affect your zeal. I reckon how you prioritise your time affects your zeal. See, if you, uh, if you have not yet realised that God actually uh, sets you a new timetable when you become a Christian, that actually... Loving God and loving other people, loving his mission, actually will affect your time. It will affect your money. If you think, I can actually spend the same amount of time, the same, have the same passion, about the same hobbies and sports uh, as I used to, if I, if I can just spend my money the way I want and, and pay off my house as quickly as my neighbour, all that kind of thing, then living for Jesus, you'll, you'll be discontent. You won't have joy. Uh, you won't be zealous because it's wrong expectations. I reckon unconfessed, unrepentant sin will affect your passion for Jesus. How could it not? Uh, When you're hiding sin, um, you need to confess it. You need to repent. You need to actually come back to the beginning of chapter 12 and remind yourself of the deep mercy of God. And that will be really great for your zeal as you realise, I've been forgiven massively. And so I can love massively. Uh, it's what Jesus said, isn't it? Uh, those who've been forgiven a little will only love a little. Those who've been forgiven much uh, will love much. Um, pride will affect your zeal. If you're, if you're more concerned about what other people think of you than what God thinks of you, if you're kind of uh, doing good uh, for God, um, sorry, if you're doing good for the praise of people, not for God, that will affect your zeal. Last one, I reckon if you feel like you've poured yourself out for people and the gospel of Jesus uh, and you're tired and discouraged, uh, that will affect your zeal. Um, if you're in that situation, let me read 1 Corinthians 15:50 to you. Uh, Paul says, Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labour is not in vain. Well, let me sum up for us and then I'm going to, I'm going to pray that we can actually do this, uh, that we can actually love with sincerity and genuineness. Um, have you seen where we've come tonight? 
all about love. You cannot get away from love. Love is essential. Love is um, at the centre of the Christian life. It's important to God. God is love. Uh, it's what marks us out as Christians. Uh, it must be genuine. You cannot fake it. Uh, it, it, is, it is a big deal to God. It should be a big deal to you. Um, what do we do? We're to love from the heart. Uh, the message says this, run for dear life from evil, hold on to, for dear life to the good, love one another deeply, honour others above yourselves, be humble, practice playing second fiddle, is what the translation says. Don't burn out, keep yourself fueled and aflame by the Holy Spirit so you might serve the Lord. Why don't we pray to that end? Our great Heavenly Father, we thank you again uh, for your enormous mercy to us as we've been reminded uh, as we've done Romans chapter 12. Uh, Father, thank you that we have been forgiven much and now that we we can love much. Uh, Father, please help us as we seek to love genuinely. Um, May our love be real, may it be sincere, may it give us courage to love. Uh, Father God, we pray that you'd help us to hate all evil, uh, to cling tightly to the good, to the very things that you say are good and pure and holy. Help us, Lord, with our relationships with one another, to be devoted to one another, to honour one another above ourselves. Father, thank you for the special privilege it is to be part of your people. Help us with our zeal, our passion. Transform us, Lord, by our renewing our minds and our wills, our hearts, our conscience, our passions, the things that we love. Father, forgive us uh, when we haven't loved the good, but we've loved evil. Father, we ask for your help in Jesus' name. Amen.